0: Let's make a movie All about you And all about me The story of our life. Just relax And let the action flow Just relax My life was a movie I've been searching for you Through scene after scene I've been searching all my life Action flow just relax and let the action flow Just relax and let the action flow This is episode 366, and that song is, um, I find, very moving and very powerful. It's entitled Our Movie, and it was written by Jimmy Webb and performed by Glenn Campbell. And I find, as I study the songs over the uh, years, that uh, Glenn Campbell's embodiments of uh, Jimmy Webb's heart and soul in the the, uh, songs is... uh, almost transcendent in many versions, and this is one of them. The song, I think, came out in 1988 as performed by Campbell, but it was originally, I think, sung by Jimmy Webb, who wrote it in, like, 1980 or 82. This cast is number 366 and is entitled Our Movie. And um, I do want to say that it's dedicated to David Babacow... Isn't that funny? My phone always rings in the middle of these casts. That is a spam call, but it's real. I don't mind it ringing because it tells you that I'm in real time. This is not artificial intelligence. But the cast is dedicated to David Babakow and his wonderful late wife and also to Joey Goodall and his very much not late wife, Jerry Ann, whom I adore. And, uh, their um, understanding of what the cast is all about they've understood it right from the very beginning and they not only understand the deeper elements of it that I'm trying to communicate which are essentially religious, Christian ones but they also get the phosphorus note they understand, as I hope you do that um, you find yourself in the music you like you, 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 the, to me to which you respond, I call this phosphorus. Remember, I say there are moments in your life, and everyone has these moments to greater or lesser extent when um, you were sort of um, open, you were open to something, something um, uh, you were in despair. You were in trouble. You were uh, circumstances in your in your life or in your character and your experience had brought you to a place where you were really what next? What, who am I? What am I supposed to do? I can't stand this for one other second. And the openness, so call it vulnerability, an open window, uh, opened your heart. And at that moment, something happened. It may have been a teacher who really cared for you. It may very well have been a man or a woman who loved you, especially at the moment of need and. Uh, abject aloneness and desolation it may have been a moment with god directly which often happens uh, and it ultimately does happen to all who come into the kingdom but it um it may have been uh just a reaching out that occurred and you've never forgotten that was the song that was playing in the background when this terrible thing happened i was um in my first car, my Volkswagen car, in the uh, late spring of uh, 1968, and I was going to visit someone whom, uh, who I set great store on at the time in my little car and it was raining it was in Delaware not very far from where President Biden spends time and um it was raining and the car I went too fast and the car spun around about four times in the middle of a major highway on a busy morning rainy but busy and it went into the ditch the car my car with me driving it went right into a ditch in the in the uh, Center of uh, dividing the highway uh, with grass all around and uh, the song uh, Next Plane to London was playing. I'm not even sure I remember the name of the group paging um, Ray Orland at this point. Next train to London, plane leaving on runway number nine. I mean, that's all I remember. I remember the song, not the accident. Um, But uh, on a more exalted level, you remember the music. Uh, There's a ridiculous song by Sue. Seals and croft in my opinion although wholly to me called hummingbird spring of 1973 hummingbird by seals and croft and um because i was getting to know mary um in a romantic sense at that point that song is phosphorus it's not the song but it's what the song brings back about me and her and our movie and um So I've dedicated the cast, I've talked about life as a movie, and the song is profound because we create a kind of a movie, and I want to just say three little things about this. Uh, It's a short cast, but it's on my heart. Um, Your life is a movie. Remember what Paula White says. She says it in a way that doesn't immediately sound very sort of PCA or Gospel Coalition-ish. And she certainly is about as orthodox a Christian as there exists, in my opinion, in every way. But she says that we are a um, physical, uh, we are a spiritual being having a bodily experience. In other words, our soul, our spiritual being, um, is currently uh, templed in a physical body. And after we die, the body will die. But the soul will not. The soul will go on to its ultimate and complete uh, connection with God that really existed before. There's a lot to be said about that. Don't worry about the uh, nuance, please. No need for nuance. Let's just remember, we are having a bodily experience, although we are spiritual souls. And the first point is that that's simply the uh, case. And our movie is the bodily experience. And if things go basically well in our love in our loves primarily those are most important whether it's our parents our husband and wife or our children because that's how ultimately we're meant to be in relationship and of course you may be alone you may be someone who wishes they had that that don't and I truly understand because all of us were there once let alone why is God doing it I don't know but I do know this that your need and your delight and your wish to not be alone is the is the beginning of the phosphorus and a prayer coupled with an honest evaluation of where you really are and your heartbreak and your heartache, almost always opens a door to relationship and the phosphorus and you'll be listening to some song. It'll be by Grandmaster Flash. I mean, it'll be it'll be Heart. You know, or it'll be Tina Louise. Uh, it'll, it'll be you name it. It'll be somebody strange, um, and uh, but the song will be the uh, phosphorus of your movie and the soundtrack that Glenn Campbell talked about in Jimmy Webb's song. And so you, you um, where the uh, this is the movie is the um, bodily experience, and hopefully it will ultimately end up well, no matter what the physical contours of it or the contextual developments of it, it will be a movie that you're basically glad you directed and, and produced and directed. It will ultimately be something that will be meaningful to you and uh, satisfying, and you'll die resolved. You may not, by the way. You probably will, who's listening, but I meet a lot of people who are extremely unresolved about uh, their movie, uh, and Unforgiven. And the uh, this is, uh, I just wanted a second point, which is just the sort of P.S. that this is what people talk about when people in Centering Prayer and Thomas Keating's School of Thought, which I think is very contributory to uh, a way of understanding life, is that there's a true self and a false self, and and the true self is really the soul that's inside the false self. And when we die, the true self goes to God uh, and the false self hides under the bed like in the very troubling but absolutely riveting and, I believe, accurate ending to Aldous Huxley's late novel, The Genius and the Goddess, where a really diabolical, dreadful man who's um, a Nobel Prize winner uh, dies and he his... Uh, His false self, you might say, ends up under his wife's bed, uh, not seen, obviously dead and unseen like a ghost, and uh, under the bed of her, his wife whom he loved so terribly and so uh, selfishly. And uh, when she marries the man she really loves uh, later on, there he is, a ghost, having to live through that horrible repetition of seeing what he did wrong and uh, uh, so there are two selves you you have a false self and you're full of problems and scars Mm pains and stains and then you have the true self and i won't get too specific about it but the third thing i was going to say the first is that you've you started this movie when you were born and it will end when you die now there's a lot to be said about that and maybe there's some sense in which you can have some kind of slight returning impact it certainly happened to me in relationship to a to an old friend on the 18th of January of this year where someone who had just died came to me and uh, visited me very concretely and uh, memorably and uh, after the death or in the moment of the death and I realized that maybe there is some intercourse possible. Minor league, or at least in this case very powerful, but maybe not after that. And my friend Lloyd appeared to me once in the chapel of All Saints Episcopal Church very soon after he died. He appeared to me absolutely, as I'm saying this, uh, in the chapel of All Saints Episcopal Church, Winter Park, Florida. Now, back to this. uh, So you saw the distinction between the true and the false self, and you understood that your life is a movie. And let's uh, remember that. uh, The movie can have a change. A a new development can happen, like in a Trollope book, Mary's current favorite author. I love Trollope, too, but Mary's the one who's (coughs) directly involved in Anthony Trollope right now, and... uh, suddenly somebody enters your life who you didn't expect and it's uh, an answer to prayer this happens more in dickens and in trollope but it's uh, happens with me and it's happened to you and you want it to happen and don't stop praying don't stop believing now the um final thing i wanted to say but yes we do have this movie i mean the movie may have some scenes in it that you'd like to cut you know there may be a a shower scene like in psycho or a um, a, a long, uh, boring uh, conversation that breaks up the uh, momentum of the movie as the first 40 minutes. Sometimes I say to people, skip the first 20 minutes of the movie to get to the end. Or, like with Men of the Spring, which I love with Yves Morton wasn't it the early, early, early 90s? Um, and I say to people, just um, skip Jean de Fioretta, the first, Floretta, the first movie, and go to the second movie and just watch the last forty five minutes but that 's not exactly right i mean they didn 't make it that way so you you might you might be there sort of wishing that your whole life was the last thirty minutes of Manon of the DuPont, of the spring um, which is in French just exactly the right double meaning there it 's a very powerful redemptive movie at the very last minute, or you could um be carrying your life to God, the uh, false self the movie with 30 minutes of um a pr- opprobrious dialogue or complete um tangents that have nothing to do with the core theme of the movie which is your love your belovedness your loving your belovedness first that created love from outside to, to others you were loved first then you loved and then finally you united with god and um that's the key but you're actually carrying like sort of that greek character who gets skinned by the minads <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, he has to carry his skin all around and there is a christian martyr who care, who's been skinned horribly in a martyrdom because he's a christian under the romans it's a true story and he in heaven he's carrying his skin to god to show you know that was his that was his movie the skin that he's carrying it's a horrible scene and michelangelo depicts that as you remember in the sistine chapel the major i think it 's the east wall isn 't it the 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 where the really powerful uh, painting is and um so you 're sort of dying you're carrying, you're, you 're carrying you 've been redeemed and uh, you you 've had a good movie but the um and you 're united with God the soul but you 're carrying this uh, skin the the movie that may not have been as that you wish it were Jacques Demy, but actually it 's um you know a really uh a bad day with John Altman or something like that. That's not a good example, but you know what I'm saying. And um, uh, this is where the Christian gospel comes in with such power, because you are loved. You are, in fact, forgiven. The skin is laid aside, put on an altar, anointed, covered over with... Uh, What smelling salts? It's it's uh, purified and redeemed, and uh, the robe. You know what is it? The white robe that have been washed in blood. How can it be white and yet washed in blood? Well, that's sort of what we're talking about. Uh, It's the revelation robe of the saint. Praising God, he's his 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 robe, uh, his movie has been purified, and even that can go now and he can truly praise God with his true self well that's all I wanted to say and we end the um, cast with a uh, uh, excerpt of one of my favorite singers I'm very much into we both are um, Olivia Newton-John right now but partly because uh, for some reason Michael Beck has come into one's mind again because of Xanadu and uh, we love Michael Beck we love him still and he's just such a special part of our ministry in the early days at Grace Church in New York and so this is to you Michael but um, Remember that uh, in Xanadu, Olivia Newton-John sang "Magic." So your your movie is also magic because it's guided by God, even in the bad parts and the scenes. Your the mental illness, even in the. Terrible wrong turns and meeting the wrong guy or the wrong gal and uh, falling far, far off the original plan, deviating tangentially. Uh, It's still magic, ultimately, in the redeeming hands of God. And so that's why I play this little brief uh, interlude from Olivia Newton-John in the movie Xanadu from 1980. Love you so much.